What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LSD Experience. I am D. Anthony. That is Lucas right there, and that's Diani behind the camera. Listen, we had a little bit of a hiccup, and we kind of broke her capture card. So for this week, y'all gonna see this picture of Diani whenever she's on camera. Okay, <laughs> I know it's a little crazy, but we're gonna get it fixed by next episode. It's gonna be perfectly ironed out. Anyways. Now that we got all of that out of the way, how have you been, Lucas? Oh, man, I've been great. What about yourself? I have been very good. Diani, how have you been? I've been doing good. Good, good, good. First, I want to ask anybody who's watching to go ahead and smash that like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here or if you've been watching before and haven't subscribed. Like, what are you doing? Also, if you're watching on Spotify or TikTok or Apple Music or any of the other DSPs, go ahead and hit that like button and comment down below. There's an option for you guys to do that too. Helps us out tremendously. Um, we're going to be picking one commenter from YouTube every week to throw into the video. This week we are picking Hatchet Queen 80 for dropping this comment. We appreciate you so much. So go ahead and hit a comment down below and maybe you'll get picked next week. Also, last piece of uh, you know uh, business stuff we got to take care of. First, I want to say, um, we just got a new thing called memberships. So we've been hearing a lot, right? Lucas, we've been hearing for, for months, uh, we've been having subscribers that have been looking for a way to help us grow our brand and, and, you know, be, be a real part of the LSD family. If you look down on this video, there's a thing called memberships. You can join. There's three different options. If you have the money to join, we would really appreciate it. It would help us out tremendously. If you can't do it, that's okay. Just make sure to smash the like and drop comments. That helps us out just as much. But we would really appreciate it. And you get some cool badges. You get to, you know, there's some options to be in some group chats with us. It's a, it's a bunch of cool stuff. So go ahead and check that out also. But now that we got all of that out of the way, and I know that was a lot. It was a long intro, guys. And I promise I'll get better at it. Just give us a little time. But now that we got all of that out of the way, mm -hmm. Lucas. You know what time it is. I do. And I'm ready this time. Have you learned anything new this week? Did you know that tiger's skin is striped along with their fur? What? So like, if you shaved a tiger, it would be like the same pattern as their stripes. hair? Yeah. Wow. That's cute. What is their, like, is their skin like pink, white? Uh, I don't know. I just know they have stripes. That's it's really looking. cool, actually. There, there's like it's it's not like the only one that does that too. I mean, there's like dogs that are called blue healers. Their skin's kind of bluish, has a bluish tint. What it. about zebras? I don't know. I haven't looked into zebras yet. That's crazy. That's actually a really interesting fact. Yeah. Okay. What I wanted to talk about today was the worst international tragedies. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that I look into all the time, and you know, I think it's super interesting. And I think that our viewers would think it was super interesting. So what do you think about that? Uh, I think that'd be a very interesting topic to talk about at the very least. A lot of interesting yeah. being thrown out here. Okay. Um, so the first one that I wanted to talk about was actually the 2015 Paris attacks. Have you ever heard of those? Not that I know of. No. The Paris attacks are possibly the worst attacks that ever happened inside of France in the history of that country. And as you know, Paris, uh, France has a very long, like, robust history. Like, this is a country that's been around for a very long time, done mm -hmm. a lot of things. Like, mm -hmm. this is a, you know, maybe a top five country in the world, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the scenes that were coming out of Paris during these attacks were like, it felt like third world country, like, 
esque, right? Really. So the Paris attacks took place on November thirteenth in twenty fifteen. Um, it took place at like six different locations. It was done by ISIS, the terrorist organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were they were doing it because they said that they were upset about France's role in uh, dropping. Uh, some sort of military action against Syria during their civil war. Right. Mm -hmm. But okay. So what happened was it started off. There was a soccer game going on between France and Germany at the time. Mm -hmm. The game started, it started 20 minutes ago. Like the game had just started Mm -hmm. and you hear explosions on the live telecast of what's going on. Like there were legitimately explosions going on during the live telecast. And the French prime minister was there as well as the German prime minister. Mm -hmm. So there were three bombs that went off like very close to one another. Mm -hmm. One of them was detonated right outside of the uh, stadium because security wouldn't allow him to get in. His goal was to get in, go and sit in the crowd around a bunch of people Mm -hmm. facing cameras and then detonate his vest. Right. Mm -hmm. But, Thank God security didn't let him in. So he ended up detonating his thing and like he didn't it was I mean, there was one person that ended up losing their life because of that. But when you think about the grand scheme of things like that's like best case scenario Yeah, versus like the potential casualties that could have happened if he actually made it through the gates. Exactly. The crowds. Exactly. So that happened. And then two more went off. Two more uh, bombs ended up going off outside of the stadium, not killing anyone except for the individual. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when this was going on, what their what the thought was, the, the they had actually put bombs a couple of blocks away, like mm-hmm. out, right outside of the stadium, where they thought that the stadium would evacuate, people would filter out, and then mm-hmm. they put bombs on this like bridge that yeah. everyone would walk on. Yeah. But the prime minister was smart, very smart in hindsight. Like locked it down. He he decided that what he was going to do, he would tell the coaches, um, and he would tell the German uh. Prime or the yeah German prime minister, him and the German prime minister would go to a secret place inside of the stadium and be safe, and then not tell anyone else. So mm-hmm. the only only people who knew were the two prime ministers and the two coaches from the teams. Mm-hmm. Nobody else knew. None of the players knew. None of the people in the stands knew. And the reason they didn't do that was because they didn't want people to chaos, panic, and run outside because they had a feeling that that's exactly what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So. If it wasn't for that, like, bro, it, like, there's no telling what the numbers would have been because of this. And plus, honestly, when people when people panic like that in giant crowds, them panicking and all trying to rush out and everything can get more even people. more people. Yeah. Exactly. So that was the first thing. Shortly after that, some of the other um, guys ended up taking a car that they had rented. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got in that car and they drove down the street to a very busy part of like downtown Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, they went into <clears throat> one of these cafes. They ended up attacking like two cafes. It was a nightclub and a concert hall that was all happening on this same night. Right. Oh my gosh. So they go into the cafe and this story is actually like terrible. So um, the, one of the the terrorist guys goes into a cafe, right? He orders food just like normal, like everybody else would. And then 
he, he goes up to some people and he smiles at them. And then he says, I'm sorry for ruining your dinner. And everybody was like, no, man, you're fine. What are you talking about? Everything's all good. He then detonates his suicide vest and kills like 20 people inside of this restaurant. Um, then another guy. So they, those people ran out of the cafe to another cafe. Another guy followed them into that cafe where he started shooting, like going crazy, killed a bunch of people there. Mm-hmm. Um, then later on that night, they go to, I mean, there was more attacks throughout the city, but these were smaller level attacks, right? Then they go to this place. So at around nine, uh, so at around nine fifty p.m., about forty-five minutes into the attack, uh, the terrorists enter the Bataclan. The terrorists enter the Bataclan Music Theater. Right mm-hmm. at this theater, the Eagles, you know, the band, the Eagles, um, were playing a show. There was about fifteen hundred people there. So, um. The terrorists ended up breaking their way into there. They started firing on people. They ended up killing. So they ended up killing 90 people inside of this theater. Um, another hundred were like severely injured. Um, so the, some of the stories from inside this place are like horror stories, right? Mm-hmm. So that they, they said that the, the guys came in and were like shooting at everybody. And what somebody said, there was a report from a survivor there that said that one of the guys told them, if you tell us where the Eagles are, I'll let all of you live. He wanted to get them. Mm. Um, but people were like playing dead. And he said that another survivor said that he would come up and kick the body. And if there was any reaction at all, he would just turn the gun on them and in them right there. Right. Um, and this, this, this went on for a little while, like maybe 20 minutes before anything happened, because a lot of people thought it was like, uh, pyrotechnics like mm-hmm. fireworks and stuff. Um, so the, they ended up taking hostages mm-hmm. and barricading themselves inside of one of the rooms inside of this thing. Mm-hmm. And all of this was streamed on like live news of the cops outside trying to negotiate and get in and then throwing tear gas in. And like, it was a crazy, like, that's insane. Like, this is Paris, France, bro. Yeah. This is not like, some small country in this uh, city in this like random small country. This is Paris, France. Yeah. Like this is like our cousin. This is like being in Nashville or, 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 or Dallas yeah. or like, this is a, no, they're the ones that helped us defeat the British and everything, man. They, they're homies from day one. Yeah. This is a big, like, this is a, this is a powerhouse country, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like this doesn't happen. Happen. It's not supposed to happen. Yeah. And at the end of everything, almost 200 people ended up losing their lives on that one day. And and I, I don't know if you remember, but in 2015, everybody was sharing the pictures of the Paris flag, hashtag pray for Paris. And it was. It was crazy. It was it was crazy. And I know a lot of. Um, a lot of people blame and, and it's not like. I say this not to to at all in any way like try to justify anything because it's completely unjustifiable. Mm-hmm. But a lot of a lot of people blame the culture of France for for um building this kind of 
divide between the people. Um, because there are, there are a lot, I've never been to Paris personally, but you can go on the internet right now and just type in Paris on any social media site and you'll see there are huge racial divides within the city of Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people say that from feeling marginalized for so long that this is somebody's like fighting back. And obviously that is not at all. Okay. Like please fight back in any way you can. Not that like that is never, mm-hmm. that is never acceptable. Right. Yeah. Because these are human beings that had nothing to do with what you were going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because you're hurting now, it's okay to hurt, to hurt people. someone else. Right. And that's never okay. But it, it, it just showed that, we have this like blinders on blinders on. Right. And we, we, we envision you think of New York city and you're like, that's, that's the dream. Mm -hmm. You think of Los Angeles and, and Paris and, and you know, these, these big like shiny cities. Yeah. And, and it's like, bro, like you never know, you never know. And it's, it's, it's crazy. It's one of the scary, like, I've done a lot of research, right? Mm. We've, d- we've been doing this for a minute now. This is one of the ones that really, like, hits home for me, is you it, know? Is it because, like, it was such a coordinate, coordinated, massive attack, so many areas, and you it, never, you in can that never know. city? In like, that you, city. Yeah, and that's probably the part that's really, yeah. like, wow. It's in that city because it feels like, feels like home you know what i'm saying like it feels like paris is not like it's almost like if it can happen in paris why can't it happen it could happen United, anywhere yeah, yeah. United States. it shows you if it could happen in paris france yeah it could happen anywhere yeah so speaking of france one of the topics i wanted to, wanted to discuss have you ever heard of charlie hepto actually i have that was a huge one too yeah okay. yeah so for people that don't know, mm-hmm. it's this satirical magazine that's written in France, yeah. based in France. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they make fun of everyone. Kind of like how Family Guy used to make fun of everyone, mm-hmm. South Park, all these things. And they made a satirical cartoon about the Prophet Muhammad. Mm-hmm. And that was not received well by the community. Yeah, I, rem- I remember and, this. And they, if I'm not mistaken, right, correct me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, they also did one about Jesus too, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. and a lot of people were like upset on both. Like it wasn't just like Muslims were upset, Christians were upset. Mm-hmm. It was like, like I understand you're poking fun at everybody, mm-hmm. but like some things are like, I, I think most people felt like some things should be left off of the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember this. But what, so this actually happened in, in January of 2015. And what we were just talking wow. about. Wow. Yeah, you see, so that's like what? Like, it's like 10, month, 10 months? Yeah. And what I was just thinking. Before? Yeah. Sheesh, bro. Paris but we was, were talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. No. But, but we were talking about the racial divide there, right? What if that was one of the things that really started creating a bigger divide within the city? That makes perfect sense. Like it's something, it was just proof that, Hey, things are like about to start popping off. Like it's the boiling pot. Something's going to happen. Yeah. And that might've actually been one of the things to contribute to that. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that makes perfect sense. Maybe, maybe the reaction that came from the Charlie Hebdo thing was like, people blaming Muslims instead of like the individuals. Mm-hmm. Right. Because when, and I, 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 I agree with this, this statement because when a Christian 
goes and shoots up a school, right? We don't blame Christianity. Mm-hmm. We blame the individual. Mm-hmm. But if a guy goes and shoots up a school, but he just so happens to be Muslim, mm-hmm. now that's his main character trait, mm-hmm. right? It's nothing else to do with anything else that happened no. in his life. He's and, not an individual in any other way besides just his religion. Yeah, no, he's he's a Muslim is yeah. what they say. Like mm-hmm. that's their that's the that's what will be on the front headlines. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe that was, like, part of the tipping point that led to the Paris attacks. But, yeah. anyways, tell the story about Charlie Hebdo. Okay, so, uh, event- uh, so of course, the community was very upset. And so, these two brothers actually went up to the office mm-hmm. uh, with weapons, and they ended up shooting. Uh, I think they killed, I think, 12 people inside yeah. and injured more. And there's actually videos of them um, uh, sh- like pulling up and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was videos from people who lived on the street across from, and you can hear them screaming and the gunshots. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the crazier ones too, man. Like mm-hmm. recent history, mm-hmm. when it comes to stuff like this, mm-hmm. there's been very few like attacks that really like hit. Mm-hmm. like charlie hebdo did like even though the casualty numbers were low in terms of like mm-hmm. grand scheme of things right yeah. the impact though mm-hmm. was was very large yeah and it's like uh they actually said that they were either like it was funded or like it was put forth by uh, al-qaeda yeah and honestly it it brings back to memory i don't know if you ever remember this or maybe i'm dreaming this but i swear at one point there was a family guy episode where they made Muhammad and it got aired like once or twice and they got immediately taken down because mm. they, Al Qaeda, I think, actually also threatened their wow. like writers and everything yeah. because you're not supposed to, uh, what is it? what's the right word, but basically draw, like, have it, like pictures of him. Like yeah. That. That's crazy. That's, yeah. Another one that comes to mind is the Manchester Arena bombing. Do you remember this one? No. Okay, so in May of 2017, Ariana Grande was having a concert in Manchester, England, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The concert was going fine. Everything went smooth. Mm -hmm. As people were coming out, though, uh, this guy by the name... I'm not going to say his name. So as everyone was leaving, you know, there's that... Like, this is Ariana Grande, bro, and this is 2017. This is like the the apex of her career. Yeah. Yeah. Like thousands like tens of thousands maybe 50 60 70 upwards of that is this that era of her when she's in that shiny dress or whatever that skin in Fortnite? probably yeah yeah um thousands like tens of thousands of of fans are all coming out of the same exit mm-hmm. um this guy actually placed a bomb that he created um outside of there and blew it up and then he blew himself up as well um, but he like it's 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 awful. Like yeah. the injuries that were described are terrible because he put things like bolts and and nails, nails and and screws and yeah. so what it was doing to human bodies are it, it's like it's basically putting shrapnel on it. Yeah, just, yeah, no, like these people were coming in with like war injuries, mm-hmm. you know. Um, um, and he ended up killing twenty two people and injured thousands. Like thousands of people were reported injured. Um, and he was actually sentenced to the longest sentence ever given in a British court. He was sentenced to life without, well, he was, I mean, he was, it was like post mortem, mm-hmm. but he was sentenced to life 
in prison with the minimum of 55 years served, which in, I know in America, we hear these crazy, like, prison sentences of, like, 20,000 years. 20 lifetimes. uh, Yeah, but they don't do, in, in a lot of European countries, like, you, you're not going to serve life. Like, it's not going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the longest sentence ever issued down by British court. And this was just a, this was a time, right, where, I mean, two years earlier, you know, the Paris attack. This was a time where bombings were becoming, like, for some reason, just like... More commonplace. They were, like, the 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 thing in, in Europe. It was like a, it was like a thing, like... It was. It seemed and, like it was happening every week. And see, like, that's also another reason that's caused. Like, I feel like, uh, at least I've seen reporting in the news that says that that's one of the causes of like more divide within like Europe in general, with like yeah Im- immigrants from like uh, Islamic countries or, or Africa, all these places, yeah. because uh, all these things have kept on happening. And they're like, we'll blame it on them. And it's like, yeah. it's not that. Like, it's that's not the it's issue, not, though. Yes. Yeah, maybe, oh, maybe, maybe wrapping your arms around somebody could prevent something like this. Mm. You know, when people I, and and in, these individuals are terrible people, and I don't want that to be lost at oh, all in yeah. what I'm saying. So I want to make that very clear. That absolutely, I believe that to be to do something like this, mm-hmm. you have to be one of the worst humans to ever live on Earth. To, but what the point that I want to also make clear mm-hmm. is that when somebody feels marginalized and stepped on and pushed down and a second class citizen their whole life, like sometimes something snaps. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lesson that we can learn from this and this isn't even the theme of the episode, but it seems like something that needs to be said. Right. I feel like something we could learn from this is that. Sometimes. You never know, like, like you could walk up to somebody in the grocery store that's about to go and end their own life Mm -hmm. and you just, how are you doing? Could I, let me buy that for you. You can go ahead of me, right? That could change their life. Like Mm -hmm. that could literally change the trajectory of somebody's life. Mm -hmm. And I think kindness always wins. Mm -hmm. So with the point you were just making, Mm -hmm. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I said all of that to say I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I know that was a long-winded way to say it's that. The best way anyone's ever said I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Your story reminded me of uh, one of the ones I want to talk about as well, and it's about this man who also didn't like the fact that there was more immigration into his country from other places. Okay. And uh, he he was like a far right extremist, and he like like you said before, or like we talked about, he's one of those people that took it into his own hands and has yeah. really overstepped. Yeah. The Norwegian youth camp massacre has to be one of the worst tragedies in Norway's history. Really? I don't think I've heard of this one. So, so this one happened in around 2011. Okay. And there was this youth camp on this island, and it had, like, a bunch of people from all over the world and everything, and it was, like, uh, it was just a very nice thing. Mm-hmm. And this man who, well, we won't say his name, but he he felt like he was very upset by the fact of he viewed this as their way of trying to bring diversity into the country, which he Mm -hmm. was totally against. Yeah. And so he ended up actually getting a fake policeman suit, Mm -hmm. getting on the ferry, uh, to this like little Island import area. And then, uh, I believe, I believe he ended up killing this guy and taking the boat. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, to the Island. And then once he got to the island, he got 
all the kids and told everyone to gather around and they trust him because he's in a police officer's uniform. Mm -hmm. And then he just starts unloading. Oh my God. And he literally was going on and uh, like they were, people were trying to run into the forest. People were trying to run into the water. He was shooting them out of the water. Mm. And he, I think it was around 80 to 90 people ended up passing away from this incident. Oh my gosh. And it, it was just, it was horrible. There's like stories that these kids are telling about how, like he would just like they would try to play dead, and there's just someone like right next to him. How was, long ago was this? 2011. 2011. So, so that's recent. Yeah, and it, dude, it was just oh, they didn't have like cops on the island. Like no, it was like a small. It was a. Like, it wasn't like a. It was uh, like a small on, thing. It wasn't yeah, like it's a, like a little, basically a tiny little camp on a tiny little island. Yeah. And like that boat was like the only way like to and from the guy that he like took out to take his boat and everything. And I don't think they actually ended up, they, um, they didn't actually figure out what was going on until like two hours later. I think. Why? It's because a lot of the people in power and, uh, authorities and everything were completely like, were, were completely distracted. Completely distracted by the fact of their capital, Oslo, got bombed that same day. Mm. And it's been said and it's been confirmed that it was that same guy that did both of these things. He's part of a mm. far right group and he actually owns a giant. Uh, he worked in farming and stuff. Yeah. And there's uh, receipts showing how he purchased a bulk order of fertilizer, which yeah, can be used can, in yeah. those things. Yeah. And. uh, uh and so he set up this bombing in the capital to distract him while he went himself to so go. So he could like maximize. That is terrible, bro. That is disgusting. Yeah. So how many people you said he killed? I At that camp alone, uh, around 80 to 90 people. Oh my gosh, bro. A lot of them kids. It's crazy. Doesn't it? Isn't it crazy that it seems like a lot of the cases we're talking about in Europe, these like, these these casualty totals are like crazy it, like if something like this happened in, in the u.s it would be like everybody and their mama would talk about it you know mm. what i'm saying like you think about some of the biggest like things that have happened here in the past probably two decades like the boston bombing right mm. or like um i don't know like the 911. 9 no not 9-11 i'm thinking more like more oh. recent than that probably like school shootings like uh, Sandy Hook or yeah. like, you know, these kind of like the numbers are 20, 15, yeah. 10. And it's like crazy. Like the world is like captivated, like broken. Like imagine 90 kids. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's cra it's crazy. I know that these towns and these co these countries, like entire countries just have to be like all in mourning. And like shock. terrified. Yeah. yeah. Like that is a large number of people. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I, I know that we've been having some great conversation, but I think that it's time for everybody's new favorite segment, Diani's Digest. Woo! Go ahead and throw that picture on the screen really quick. This is the new Diani for the day. Diani, are you ready to tell us something new that we need to know this week? So this was a case in Alabama in 1931 about nine boys called the Scottsboro Boys. Their names were Clarence Norris, Charlie Weems, Haywood Patterson, Ozzie Powell, Willie Robertson, Eugene Williams, Allen Montgomery, and Andy Wright. What, what happened to them? They were on a train when a fight broke out and whites were kicked off of the train. 
They were so upset about the incident that they went to the sheriff's office, said that they were assaulted, and the police sent out a group and said to get every black person on the train off. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> I'm going to need you to break that one down for me. Do Say that one more time. So tell me if I'm correct. Wait. There was a... so. The black kids were assaulted or the white kids were assaulted? They claimed that the white kids were assaulted. Okay, so the white kids went to the cops, said they were assaulted, and the cops came back and said, get all of the black kids off of the train. They said something way worse. So honestly, what I could very easily picture happening is these racist white kids were trying to pick a fight. And then they ended up they ended up losing that fight. Yeah. And they couldn't handle that. And then they went went, so and they went the to cops. the cops. Okay. So 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 that's, that's I, at least me personally, yeah. If you look back on history and like how people acted back then, yeah. I could very easily see that. Yeah, happen. no, I wouldn't I wouldn't put that past them either. So that's correct though. That like did we get that storyline correct? Yeah. Okay. That was correct. Okay, so so what else happened? So what they specifically said was that the boys essayed two white women, oh, which were man. with the group of whites that were kicked off the train. Yeah, this is like this is like a I, I feel like in the course of American history. Right. Mm -hmm. This is like a very common thing that like happens all the time, like um, Emmett Till. Right. Mm -hmm. I feel like like it's like I don't like that black kid. Essay. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it like, just makes me so upset. I'm sorry I intervened, but no, like, no, it's all right. It's like uh similar to like Green Mile. You've seen that movie? No, I haven't. Oh, well, similar thing. Oh, okay. So what happened? What else? So this is the part that's so messed up. Even though one woman recanted her entire story and there was no medical evidence. Eight out of the nine boys were sentenced to death. Wait, so she so so she said they didn't do it. Wait, so the girl that was supposedly SA'd it was two girls, I believe. Yeah, two of them. One of them said it didn't happen. Yeah, but they were still like, mm, yeah, it did. Yeah, are you sure it didn't happen? Right, sure, no one's trying to make you say it didn't happen. It's like. That's mm, crazy. That's cra okay, so they were sentenced to death. And what else? So they let the youngest one, who was 13, out of the case to continue like the trial because he was a minor. Mm -hmm. But this whole thing resulted in a long legal case. But they were saved due to the outrage that surrounded the entire case, even though they still had to sit in prison for years. People were so upset, like the media and stuff, that they, um, that they started attacking the court, saying like, "How can you accuse all these people of this and that?" Even though they didn't find anything when they examined the women, which would indicate essay. Yeah, yeah. So, in 2013, this is 82 years after the case. Hold up, hold up, hold up, really quickly. Um, so a couple of things to digest <laughs> no pun intended mm -hmm. okay so this is alabama mm -hmm. right so the fact that there was public outrage in the 30s about mistreatment of black people 
that's tells you like yeah. that. That's a that's, that, a, that's like how like bad it's it like that gotta be yeah. something gotta be crooked there. If mm-hmm. if public outrage is like on their side, this is unfair. Yeah, yeah, like that's that's crazy. Okay, so they ended up sitting in jail for how long? So they, based off the case, spent a hundred and thirty years in jail, but not exactly like that's how much they were basically. Sentenced. They were sentenced, sentenced to yeah. Nineteen forty three, nineteen forty four. Charlie, Clarence, and Andy were paroled. Okay. In 1948, Haywood escaped and got arrested again and died in prison shortly afterwards. Oh, no. That's terrible. And then in 1976, Clarence was pardoned by the Alabama governor. 76? So wait, this is like 45 years after? He was in jail for 45 years? Or something he didn't even do. That's your whole life. Like, imagine your whole life is in jail for something you know you didn't do. Yo, that is like, yeah, that's awful. That's, that's, that's like a nightmare. Even Norris for years tried to get $10,000 to compensate for what he went through, which isn't enough regardless, (laughs) but they didn't even give it to him. Crazy! What that they is, didn't even give it to him? That is disrespect. I mean, this is okay. Let's be honest, though. This is nineteen what forty, thirties, forties. Oh. Ten thousand dollars, probably close to a million. But still, like, I mean, I, I think he's entitled. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Wait, no. Wait, is this is this not the guy that like got out in 1977? Is that what we're talking about? Oh, 10K, okay, okay. 10K okay, in okay. 1977. Maybe you're right. Okay, 70s. still. I mean, still. Yeah. It's still. I mean, it's that's. that's that's nice. It's, it's, it's not, not that, that much, much money. It's no. not that much money for, for 40 years of my life. Right? Yeah. 45 years of my life. Dude, my whole life is gone. Like, literally, even if I start now, right now, he's like, what? Like, probably 60. And, like, dude, you, what are you going to do? You can't have your, like, first yeah. real love, first yeah. real relationship. You're it's 60. Over. You can do that stuff, but it's like. It's not the same. It's as not when the you're, same. Yeah. That's. You're supposed to have grandkids and stuff by then. That's crazy. So, so. They they all got out of jail. Mm. Oh no! You said one of them one of them didn't get out, right? Yeah, no, he passed away in prison. Mm. But in 2013, they started slowly pardoning them to clear their names, but they were already gone by then. Come badly. on, bro. So, so they. <laughs> it's not funny. I'm laughing out of disgust. Mm-hmm. It's like a slap in the f- It's like, oh, you guys have been dead for 50 years. Here's a pardon. Mm-hmm. Like, we know you didn't do it all along. So, I don't... This story brings to mind, like, another one. I don't know if it's the same one or if it's connected in it or, in, in it, or if it's connected in any way. Mm-hmm. But there was this story I heard about this woman that, like, on her deathbed, she had done the same thing in her youth. She admitted it, that he didn't do it. Oh, no, you're talking about um, um, Emmett Teal. Yeah, his... Oh, yeah. His accuser came out on her deathbed and said he didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. That's a crazy bomb to drop drop before you just, like, knock out. Like, what, you think, oh, I admitted it. I'm still getting into heaven. No, you're not. Yeah, no, it's over. It's over. Like, I don't know, man. That's great. Like, I, you know, like, uh, we complain a lot. We complain a lot every day, right? But I cannot imagine being a black man in America in in the early 1900s yeah. 1800s mm. that's heavy okay well mm. so the next one that i wanted to talk about was actually the 2004 madrid train bombings um i don't know if you've heard about this one but this is actually like 
one of the most popular and I know the infamous, I guess is the better word, um, terrorist attacks like in the history of like the world, right? Mm-hmm. It is the single most deadly terrorist attack in European history uh, since the 1988 bombing that happened in somewhere in Europe. It's it, but since 1988, and besides that one, it's the most wow. uh, deadly terrorist attack in European history. So the Madrid train bombing was actually carried out by another um, terrorist organization who I won't say their name because I don't want to give them that. The super crazily well-coordinated attack, right? So these, what, what happened was there were bombs placed on these, on trains coming from four different stations, all of which were going into the busiest parts of the city, mm-hmm. right? And they were, it was so meticulously like planned out and scheduled that these bombs were scheduled to detonate four seconds after each other in order to maximize um, the like trajectory that the, the trains would like fly when the explosion really? occurs, right? So it would start in the back and then slowly move its way forward so that more and more like let's say you were in train two and survived. Now you run toward train one because the explosion was behind you. Well, they skipped train two Mm -hmm. just so that you could make it into this. You you get what I'm saying, right? Um, And then they even had bombs set on different parts of the train that did not get exploded, uh, set to explode an hour later or two hours later. So that once rescue workers are coming and trying Mm -hmm. to save people and uh, dig through rubble, then they would uh, then get, those guys also mm-hmm. right so this was such a coordinated attack and it happened in the like busiest part of the day it was at like 7 a.m right rush really? hour in in madrid this is like the biggest city in spain mm-hmm. um um 193 people died um and there were thousands injured like the entire train system of spain was uh taken off the grid like this was one of those moments, right? That mm-hmm. like this is Spain's nine eleven. It's Madrid. You yeah, know? this like, is their nine eleven. This was like a a moment in history that like the world watched. Yeah. Like the world stood still when this happened, right? Mm-hmm. And we were too young to really remember that. I was or like realize it's like true importance, like right. Like what what it really like means. the significance of that, yeah, right? Because like we grew up and everything and we'd see all the time, uh, like on news and everything. Oh, there's explosions in Afghanistan yep, and this place yep. and that place. So we were used to people like as Americans, very, um, you're usually American centric. So you just view the outside countries. Yeah. It's as just, just, it's somewhere else. Yeah. It's somewhere right. else. So you're like, oh, another bombing. But we, like you said, you know, it's just, you don't understand the significance of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that it, it happened the day of an election. Mm-hmm. Right. And the the reasoning behind it was that they were trying to get the prime minister taken out of office because he they they accused him of holding the U.S.'s hand in the Iraq war. Mm. And he didn't like they didn't like his role. Um, They were basically trying to bully the world into turning against the U.S. Right. And so uh, he ended up actually losing that election after that happened. And as you would expect, like. Imagine a presidential election day, something crazy happens. Like, uh, imagine a 9-11 happening on election day, mm-hmm. right? Like, George Bush is losing that election. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to get somebody else in. And, uh, I mean, uh, it, like, 
you, the messed you, up part is it's like they still got what they wanted in the end. No, they, yeah, they didn't they did. take him out like of life, but out of that yeah, they job. got him out of the power that yeah. that he was in. Yeah, um, and you think you, you like there's moments where you think about like, man, that was bad, mm-hmm. but like a lot of things didn't go right. Like the, the Boston bombing, mm-hmm. right? We, we spoke about this one earlier. It was an awful, awful, awful situation. But if things had gone the way they wanted, mm-hmm. it would have been one of the worst, like attacks on American soil ever. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, a lot of things went the way of us, like our way mm-hmm. in order to prevent it from getting to that level. Mm-hmm. But with the Madrid situation, it was like everything went the other way. Mm-hmm. It was like the worst situation possible that could have happened. Everything played out that way. Mm-hmm. And and it's like a nightmare. Like mm-hmm. it's like it's legit what like nightmares are made of. It's yeah. like one of the worst if you read about it or you like, we'll put some pictures in this man. It's like crazy. Yeah. It's like doomsday. Like yeah. that's what it feels like. So this next tragedy that I want to talk about is not an actual, uh, form of like terrorism or anything like that. This is actually like a planned attack by the U S government. It's uh, I don't know if you ever heard of operation meeting house. I haven't. I don't think so. So in operation meeting house, the U S dropped, over 4 million pounds of incendiary explosives yeah. is 2000 tons. So like, yeah, 4 million pounds, pounds over like 48 hours, I believe where in, in Tokyo, in Japan. And they literally, it was like a 16 mile radius. It was completely just like wiped out. And when like, was this? It was, it was before the, we, before the nukes. Uh, I don't know, maybe like, uh, I think it's within a year of that, maybe a little bit less than a year, but it, it was insane. There when there have been witness reports of, uh, this one guy saying that he saw, I don't even know if I can say this. He, he saw this child like combust. Oh man. He was like on the mom's back as they're running and everything, trying to get to safety. It, it was, how have I never heard of this? Yeah, it, it and like incendiary bombs, like there's not just an explosion. It's like made to like burn through everything. Yeah, and it it's just it's literally was crazy. like Tokyo's infrastructure like destroyed. So, uh, wait, how how big the area I say it was? Sixteen mile radius, something like that. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know exactly where in Tokyo because Tokyo is a very huge cityscape. Mm-hmm. But like, like I said, sixteen mile radius. That means that's half of the circle. So like, yeah, yeah. 32 miles all around. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that is insane. Yeah. That's a very large area. Yeah. Oh my God. gosh. Do you know how many like people died? 83,600 people died. 83,000 from, from just this. Yeah. In like 48 hours. This is worse than Hiroshima and Nagasaki. How have we like, it because we were taught in America, and why would American books tell us about how? Why is Japan friends with us now? Like I, I would be like, yo, remember what you did? Like we are not cool. Because I know that they started this, well, right? No, like I get, I no, get that. No, like it, they did. It, like well, it's also because like you know the the enemy, my enemy is my friend. 
Well, they have bigger fish to fry with China and Russia right beside them and everything. And they're like, they have more chance of like really screwing us over. So America, what's up? Remember that thing we did back in the day? <laughs> that's Forget crazy. About, forget about it. Bro, that's actually, yeah. I can't believe I have not, like, I am actually like over <laughs> here like. Like, wow. Mind blown. Because like I read it and it said 2,000 tons of incendiary explosives. And I did the math. I was like, a ton's like 2,000 pounds. That's. Four million pounds in forty-eight hours. It's like a hundred thousand pounds an hour. Roughly. Do you know whether or not it was like, like what their targets were? It was like it was like it was just to destroy. Like it was just to cause much damage. And yeah, um, but what I'm saying, do you think it was like, or it? I don't. I mean, not do you think? Like, do you know whether it was targeted at like civilian, like residential areas, or if it was like, oh, we're aiming at like the military or like, Oh, we want to just take out their infrastructure or was it like, Oh no, we just want to like cause pain. So prior to this, there was a bunch of attacks in Tokyo. And before this last attack, 50.8% of Japan was already cleared out. Wait. So, so like they, okay. So they, there was already attacks. People started getting out. And then this was like, Oh, oh, y'all thought we were playing like we're finna finish you off type. Yeah, That's so crazy. So they were doing it mainly for two two reasons. It's like they were destroying means of like them to be yeah. able to keep on fighting this war and stuff. And mm-hmm. also a big one was to break the will of the Japanese people. Yeah, be, I mean, basically be like, hey, look what we just did to your city. We will do that everywhere. Yeah, like every we have enough. And then we they have did enough the bombs. Nukes. Yeah, yeah. Then they did the nukes. I mean, I guess that there's no uh, rules in war. Okay, so that well, leads me are, to this question, right? There are rules in warfare. Can you I mean, mention? yeah, but I mean, come on, bro. We're killing people. Like, there, there's rules, but there's not really rules. Like, people don't, like, you know what I'm saying. They're, they're, they're going to follow the rules until you're like, wait a second. I could die from, I could die. Right. Wait. That's what I'm, like, we're killing right. each other. Yeah. I'm not following your rules. Yeah. Um, But the question is... Do you think that there should be rules in place when it comes to war? Not not just like a uh, cyber war or like a, you know, like I'm saying like boots on the ground. This is 1930s like I because personally, if if we're in a fist fight, right? Like yeah. this is what I'm comparing it to. Me and you are in a fist fight and mm-hmm. you are trying to like take me out. Mhm. There ain't uh, there ain't no rules, dog. Dude, we're we are punishing each other at this moment. There's actually this funny story of like I think I forgot which one it was in, which war, but I think it was the Canadians. They uh, they were being told like, hey, you can't use shotguns in trench warfare when you're like in the trenches and stuff with them. It's like against the Geneva Convention or like it was like against some like rule or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, no, fuck that. Yeah, and they just like, kept on like doming people. That's what I uh, honestly. That's that's how I feel. And I'm not saying that to excuse, like, come on, bro. Like, yeah. this is crazy. These yeah. are regular people. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like you're trying to take over my land. Like, you're trying to kill my people and take a- I'm going to do what I got to do in order to protect me and mine, you know? Yeah, but see, the fact of a normal person having that mindset, it just makes me think, just the way you were just saying that, I was just thinking... That's going to be Putin's literal inner monologue and his reasoning for why he's going to push that nuke button. <laughs> no, nah, but that's different, right? Because because by pushing that nuke button, 
now you're what you're doing by doing that mm-hmm. is now endangering all of the lives of your people because as soon as you push that new button, so's the other guy. Yeah, but- right. So now now you're not looking out for yourself. You're you're looking. I mean, you're looking out for you individually, not but, your people. But he like that's what he does though. No, I I mean I know. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like- saying like. That's why it's not excusable to just yeah, hit no, the nuke oh, I, oh, I know it's not excusable. I'm just saying, like, he would... Because, li- like, he... It's literally, like, we were talking about, like, you're going to follow the rules until it's your ass on the line. Like, he, he'll do all these nice things for the Russian people and everything. Like, But if, it, if it's literally, like, him or them, he's choosing him. Oh, yeah. 100% he is. Well, I think that is all the time that we have today. I would like to thank everybody who made it to this point in the video. Remember, guys, memberships, if you are interested, hit that membership button. You'll get a badge. And if you buy the right package, you could end up in a group chat and talk with me and Lucas and all of the other members that love the LSD experience. And you could be a part of LSD gang for realsies. Also, drop a comment down below. We're going to be picking one of you guys. You'll get a shout out in the next video. We love you guys so much. Make sure to smash that like button. Hit that subscribe button. If you're on any of the other DSPs, do the same thing. We love you guys, and we will see you guys next week. Goodbye.